Whenever we are reading something and the same thing or theme is repeated, we should take note. Last week, Jesus gave in Mark's gospel the first account, the first foretelling of his passion. Today, he does so again. So two consecutive weeks, we have come to Mass, and Jesus has pointed toward his passion. But not only that, both weeks we have seen how the apostles have not only failed to understand, but have seemingly gone in an opposite direction. And we can relate to that. Last week we heard Peter, who went and took Jesus aside and rebuked him for foretelling his passion. And Jesus challenged him. We know what it's like to look to the Lord, to look to the church, to look to the gospel, and to think that is too hard. That teaching is too difficult. That teaching doesn't make sense in this day and age. We also know what it's like to be like the apostles in today's reading, to hear the truth and the challenge of the gospel, the fullness of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, and to kind of look at it with almost a ho-hum attitude. I mean, how often in our life, especially I'm thinking as a man here, do we look at the challenges of the world and think, well, I actually like to argue with my friends as to whether LeBron James is better than Michael Jordan. We do this all the time. We look and we see this difficult thing in front of us and we just kind of slowly, gradually move in a different direction and focus on something else. We also have in our readings today other ways in which we can, in one way, shape, or form, avoid the gospel, avoid the truth of the passion of Jesus, and that it is through his passion and our sharing in that passion that we are redeemed. In the first reading in the Book of Wisdom, we hear of how obnoxious good people can be in our lives, and isn't that the truth? Those do-gooders, golly gee, they can really drive us bonkers sometimes. In fact, sometimes we can just be so frustrated by the fact that some people have a good disposition that it can drive us crazy. This happens in many ways, shapes, and forms. Last Saturday, I was standing out on the corner helping sell pulled pork sandwiches for our tailgating, and someone drove by and cussed me out. Now, I'm worthy of that because I'm not a good person, ultimately. I don't take offense at that, and if that person is here, I doubt that they are, but if they are, I forgive you, I love you, let's have coffee sometime. But think of that, like a priest standing on the corner. Like that's how often in our own lives we do the same thing. Maybe not as overtly toward a priest. I know I haven't done that, but I've certainly said hurtful and hate-filled things to other people. But not only that, the Book of Wisdom shows us, we see in the, in the second reading from the letter of St. James, how our passions can also lead us to slavery. How often in our lives do we think, well, if I just get this job, or if I just get that promotion, or if I just get that thing, or if I just allow myself to be guided by my passions, I will be happy. And then we get to the next step, and we're emptier inside. And it hasn't been the thing that we thought it would be. Our passions, this is a good thing for all of us to meditate upon, and reflect upon, are either something in which we can control, or that will control us. And into this, Jesus comes, and he teaches last weekend. If you desire to be my disciple, deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. And today, he says in the gospel, even clearer, if anyone wishes to be first, if you desire to be great, and you should, that's magnanimity, greatness of soul, it's a virtue. If you desire to be great, you shall be the last of all and the servant of all. 
Jesus challenges us because what he offers us is the fullness of redemption. Jesus comes to redeem us, not in some passive way, but to redeem every aspect, the fullness of our humanity. To follow Jesus is to embrace all that is our human experience and to offer it as an oblation back to God. The good, the bad, the ugly, and everything on the spectrum. As beloved sons and daughters of God, when we share in the passion of Jesus by serving, by giving our lives in the many ways we are called to give them, then and only then do we find true happiness, peace, and joy that will last for a lifetime and for eternity in heaven with God. And Jesus, just to make it even more practical, shows us through his actions. Taking a child, he placed it in their midst, and putting his arms around it, he said to them, whoever receives one child such as this in my name receives me. Now, obviously, I don't have children. I have a number of nieces and nephews. But watching and seeing, especially parents, in their interactions with children, is there anything in the world that is more beautiful and more wonderful than a child? No. Is there anything in the world that demands more of us and gives back to us less than a child? No. But that's love. To see in the child this beautiful and wonderful thing and to offer your life in service to it, knowing that in doing so, that child will grow to be something great and beautiful and wonderful in the world. To invest with all of our hearts, minds, and souls in not just the literal children in our lives, but in every single person in our lives. When we do that, we share in the passion of Jesus We also share in the fullness of his redemption. Unless we think that service is too far beyond us, that to change the world requires that I have this great intellect or incredible education or all of these gifts that I currently don't have, we allow the devil to win and to keep us down. Brothers and sisters, all of us are capable. And this is the beauty of the image that Jesus gives us in the gospel of in one way, shape, or form, picking up and loving that child that is in front of us. Not necessarily the literal child, but sometimes that is the case, especially in parenthood, but the figurative child. Yesterday in the Dominican order, we celebrated one of our saints, St. Juan Macias, who probably none of you have heard about. St. Juan was born in Spain in abject poverty. Such was his plight that he came, excuse me, to the New World, to Lima, Peru, And found abject poverty there because in many ways, shapes, and forms, those who experience material poverty are in a form of slavery. And so not knowing what to do, he had a great love of the rosary. He had a great love of our, our, Our Lady. He found the Dominican order who he had known in Spain and offered to serve. Now the Dominicans, especially at that time, were not really involved very much in parish or pastoral work. They were intellectuals. They were theologians. They were philosophers. They were orators and preachers. And here is this uneducated man, probably illiterate. And yet, in the communion of saints, we recognize him as such because he recognized that the way he could pick up that child, share in the passion of our Lord, and love was to serve the poor. And every day, St. Juan would go around to the poor of Lima, and he has a basket. And you have to go to the Dominican convent there in Lima. You can see that basket. And the, 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 the idea, that his, he never ran out of bread. It was a miraculous basket. He just went around and loved and served the poor. 
He had a burrow that he sent around with two bags on the side to collect alms for the poor. And it was known that the burrow, when it would stop outside of a particularly uh, well-to-do or rich family and they didn't give anything, would stand outside and bray until they came out and put alms in the burrow's sack. But ultimately, all St. Juan did was, as we remember last week, St. James says, faith and works. Faith without works is dead. He loved Jesus with all of his heart. He loved the church. He followed those teachings and then he did what he could. He served. He loved. He picked up the children that the Lord put into his life. Brothers and sisters, to share in the fullness of the cross of Christ is the greatest gift and joy that we can have in this life. But we need to offer our gift freely. We need to come to grips with the fact that each and every one of us is in one way or many ways broken and unworthy but that God loves us and desires to save us anyway and for us through our gift of self to be a part of that salvation.